Yeah, sure thing. Hello, girls. Really great to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. Um, and it's Thank you just for being here. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's a joy. Um, yeah. So a little bit about me. So I live in Wellington in Porirua, and um, I have three grown-up kids. And I used to be a nurse about a thousand years ago, and then <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I became of the street church, and um, and now I'm a bunch of um, home churches. So. Yeah, so it's just good to be here and talk about something that's so important. Yeah, that's so cool. We have um, three fun questions for you before we get started. Um, Number one, what did you want to be when you were younger? Hmm, well, I actually really did want to be a nurse, so it all worked out. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that was easy. (laughs) Do come true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So good. Um, Number two, what is your favourite food? Oh boy, I absolutely love eggs. But eggs. yeah, eggs. <laughs> yeah, I love eggs. Yeah, I know. And so every day, every morning, pretty much, I eat two eggs in the morning. So there you go. You can poach them, you can scramble them. There's all sorts of stuff you can do with them. Very versatile product. <laughs> and number three, what's the most useless talent that you have? <laughs> I can whistle backwards. What? what <laughs> Do you want to give us a little, little? Yeah, yeah. So 
not only can I whistle while walking backwards, but I can also whistle by blowing out and sucking in. <laughs> so look, I'll show you, I'll show you. Here's blowing out and here's sucking in. <laughs> oh, so cool. Okay, that is a really cool really useless. talent show. <laughs> I'm sure you'll come in handy one day. Just one day. We'll pray about that. <laughs> okay, well, that was really fun. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll just get right into it with our first question about suffering, which is how did suffering come into the world? So, do you just want to talk a bit about that, Sarah? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think when we when we look at the Bible and we, we see, you know, how God made the world, and when God first made the world, there was no suffering. Um, it was this perfect, perfect place. And God made us uh, to have relationship with himself, and so we could get to know him and, and do our lives with him. Um, as a friend, as well as as our God, He also made us to have a relationship with ourselves. Um, so you know, me with me. And it's hard to imagine in our very sort of broken world that you could have a perfect relationship with yourself, um, where you never think funny thoughts about yourself, or you never think too much or too little, or um, get into patterns that are destructive or anything like that. Um, and he made us to have relationships with others. And again, that those relationships would be really good and pure and wholesome and life-giving and whole um, and nothing, nothing bad. So I would never look at another person and think judgmental thoughts about them or compare myself and feel less or better, you know, greater or, but just p- pure. Um, and then he also created us to have relationship with the things around us, the world, the rest of creation, and that we would care for, look after, rule over, um, and manage well everything, everything from the gifts that he's given us, like, you know, talents like whistling backwards, um, <laughs> um, and all the way through to our money and the environment and, and all of that. So everything was looking really, really good right at the start. Um, and the first time we see suffering is once um, the thing called the fall happened where humanity fell into sin and chose to turn away from God's perfect plan and, and choose their own way. And from that point on, it's like suffering is just unleashed in the world and crazy stuff happens. And, and you know, right from that very word go, you see brokenness in all of those relationships, the relationship with God, with self, with others and with the world. Um, And in fact, within one generation, we have siblings murdering each other. It's crazy. So, yeah, so suffering wasn't intended to to happen. But once humanity welcomed sin and said no to God's rule and yes to selfish rule, it it opened a door. And that door's been opened ever since. Yeah, wow. That's a really good summary. I like um, how you first touched on um, suffering coming as in like the relationship we have with ourselves and I think mm-hmm. that can kind of be a root of suffering where we are selfish and um, we are focused so much on ourselves in the wrong way like too much or too little mm-hmm. and that can amount to something so much bigger than we are built for I guess um, so I like how you touched on that as well as our relationship with God and with the people around us I think that's really important to recognize when we are talking about the subject Mm. definitely Sam I've never really thought about that like being in a perfect relationship with ourselves like 
that's actually something that's like a huge impact. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah. I think, um, do you have anything to say about like people using kind of suffering um, as like an excuse not to believe, like mm. um, holding that as almost like a grudge against God? Like, mm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really common. It's really common, isn't it? I think um, suffering is 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 loss, isn't it? It's associated with losing things, but suffer, we, it's it's always about losing things that are not eternal. So we suffer. We okay. yeah, we lose stuff that's not eternal, and we grieve it. And so suffering and grief are like twin sisters. They just they live together. They're two sides of one coin, and and um, and grief is what we feel. Um, when we lose something and and yet the wonderful thing for us to know is that the things that we lose are not eternal but there's a lot that we learn when we suffer and I think yeah it's really it's very very common for people to look at suffering and to take one of two views either they look at suffering and they say you know what you're suffering because you did wrong and sometimes it's true but sometimes it's just not. Sometimes you yeah. suffer and you did not do anything to cause it. And sometimes we, we even do that to ourselves. We, we're suffering in a situation and we go, oh, it's because I'm faulty or I did this. or, And that's not necessarily the case. And it's easy for us to point the finger at other people and also at ourselves when they're suffering. Um, yeah. But I remember there was this, there was this time when um, Jesus came across this guy who had been born blind and um, the religious people, they go, Jesus, who is responsible for his blindness? Was it him that sinned? And, you know, in the womb, it must have been he sinned in the womb because he was born blind, right? You know, was it him? Was he just made bad? Um, or was it his parents' fault? And Jesus said, neither, neither of them. And in fact, this is going to be used to bring glory to God. So there's this whole thing of pointing the finger. It's moralistic stuff, mm. judgmental stuff. And then the other thing I think that happens with other people or, or people in different moments is when they look at suffering and they say, huh, you see, how could there be a God? And so cynicism is the other, is the other response. Um, and so even for people who, who never acknowledge God when things are good, it's very common to blame God when things are bad. Um, and I think those are just really human responses to suffering because it's a really confusing subject and it's hard. Definitely not an easy thing to navigate. Mm, yeah. Really stood I think... out to... Oh, sorry, you go. <laughs> um, really stood out what you said, like, that um, we're just losing things that aren't eternal. Like, I think that's so important to keep in mind that, like, at the end of the day, like, it's not actually going to matter. Yeah, um, yeah. Really, and also, like, leading into our next point, um, what you said about um, the blind man, like, it was actually used in the end to bring glory to God. And I think mm-hmm. that's really important that we kind of recognise that, like, and things that happen to us that we might perceive as bad and the world tells us as bad and suffering might actually be um, good and God fulfilling his purpose through us, which is mm-hmm. so cool. And Yeah, yeah. and I think yeah. um, with the whole human and like worldly perspective as well we can only see so far and we can only see oh this is um someone else is to blame or we are to blame but like God has such a bigger and more like view of life and therefore we can trust in his view rather than our own view and our own worldly perspective on this earth yeah yeah that's right that's right 
Yeah, you know, there's um, when you read the Bible, there's so many examples, isn't there, of suffering. Um, and, you know, I, I can think of a whole bunch of people who suffered. And it's interesting because when people suffered, um, Satan ha- has an agenda in that suffering. And Satan always um, wants the bad, the bad result from suffering, the negative result from suffering. He wants to destroy people. He wants to destroy your story and all that. And I think about, you know, people like Joseph in the Bible when he suffered. Satan had an agenda for Joseph's life, but Joseph trusted God and God's agenda won. And yes, he suffered, but, yeah. but his story was amazing. Think about that amazing guy, Job in the Bible, the book of suffering. Yeah. And, you know, and, and Satan wanted to destroy Job and, and God allowed, um, suffering to enter into Job's life. But at the end of the day, the story of Job has encouraged millions and millions of people. So Satan didn't win. God won. And then there was Abigail and, and she suffered and Esther suffered and Mary suffered and Mary Magdalene suffered and Peter suffered and, and just all of these people who suffered. But because um, because they trusted God, God accomplished the exact opposite of what Satan's agenda was in suffering. And these people have become massive encouragements to the rest of us. Mm. Yeah. So Satan didn't destroy them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's so beautiful that we can look at that now and actually be in awe of God's um, mercy and grace towards them and just... Yeah. That huge picture of bringing glory to God. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's so cool. So next we just wanted to talk about um, does God use our suffering and how, like, what does that actually mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I really believe he does. And um, probably in a few ways, we just touched on just before with all the different examples of, of, well, some of the examples of people who suffered and, and their stories are told in the Bible. And what an amazing encouragement they've been to us and the lessons we've learned from their lives. So, you know, that's one way that God uses suffering is that we end up being a great encouragement to others. But, you know, I think also there's a couple of other things. He purifies us. He changes us. He gets rid of a whole lot of stuff that is just in the way. Um, and we end up better for it, I would really say. Um, and I think, sure. yeah, I think the other thing is, is that we, suffering is really the only way that we kind of get free enough from ourselves to love God for who he is, rather than love him for what we get by following him. So it's really tempting or it's really normal for us to spend a lot of our Christian lives, if we're followers of Jesus, loving God for the blessings in our lives and the and the, the yeah. wonderful um, things that we get from following Jesus, from following God. But when we suffer, I think it cleanses us from all of that and helps us to just love him for who he is. Yeah. So it's an amazing process that we go through. Um, and it's not like we would choose it. Um, in fact, you know what? I would say that there's really only one who, one person who chose to suffer, and that was Jesus. And, yeah. you know, when he came to earth, he chose to, to be someone who suffered and was well acquainted with grief. So he chose to be familiar. And the reason that he chose to do that was a couple of things. First of all, so that he could identify with us. We are suffering creatures. We, we, every human being suffers. 
And he would never really know us and understand us if he had not um, chosen to suffer. He was a man who, um, who suffered rejection. Um, he suffered the, the loneliness of having people walk away from him. He, he was a man who, who loved children but never had any, who was great with relationships and never had a, a life partner. Um, he was someone whose father died when he was young. Um, he was someone whose brothers looked at him like he was crazy. And in fact, one time they said the guy's mad and they tried to send him, um, you know, get him, get him taken out of a situation. Um, he was betrayed by one of his closest friends. And then, of course, the suffering of the cross. And, you know, Jesus is the only person who was ever abandoned by God. And all of us, we may feel abandoned by God, but we're not. But Jesus was the only person ever actually abandoned by God when he was on the cross. He was the only person who it's like God would say to him, if you, if you obey me fully, I will crush you and send you to hell. <laughs> you know, no one else has, yeah. has God ever said that to. And, and God, the Father and Jesus, they did this for us because they hate the suffering that, you know, when we opened the door to suffering in our world, they hate it more than we do. And so Jesus came and he suffered for us so that our suffering can have an end date and we can trust in the suffering of Jesus for us. It's amazing. It is. Uh, yeah, that is just so cool how you put into perspective. Um with how Jesus suffered, like the emotional pain, the feeling of loneliness, and all those things that he went through throughout his life, as well as the cross. Um, and for us, yeah. like, wow, it's just so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess that kind of um, how you talked about um, the suffering ending, like there, there is an end to your suffering, and it's not um, a long, like, forever thing as Christians, we can believe that the suffering will end. Mm. As it says in Revelations 21 verse 4, it says, He will wipe away every tear from yes. their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for former things have passed away. Yeah. And, yeah, that's just beautiful that we can trust that God will wipe those tears away from our eyes eventually. Yeah. And there is um, a meaning to what you're going through right now, like you said about that sanctifying purification process. Mm. Um so yeah, that's just that'll really Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that phrase. The former things have passed away, and you know when we will, when we go into our new eternal life, you know when we're when we're living the next part of the journey, it, the former things include suffering, but those forever yeah. things do not include suffering. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to, I think, you know, if we, we need to go through our lives, I guess, with the realistic expectation that we will suffer. And, um, and Jesus promised us suffering. In fact, he said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Okay. And so we can know that, we can hold on to it. And he says, you know, that, um, that a servant is not above their master. And he, the master, suffered. So he said, you know, if they've hated me, they're going to hate you. So even suffering for being a Christian... Um, we're guaranteed that we will suffer in the normal things of life. And then on top of that, because we're Christians, we'll suffer for being Christians. Bonus. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just so important, like you said before, just to keep in mind that like 
Jesus knows how we're feeling and he's been through it, but a thousand times worse than we're ever going to. I think that's such like uh, um, a good hope when we're in the middle of that. It's kind of hard to be like, oh yeah, this is for good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just remembering that like Jesus was with us yeah. through that and um, yeah, that he's actually been through it so much more than we're going to. Um, yeah. yeah, so I just want to, um, I just want to read Second Corinthians 4, 17, um, which reads, For the spice of momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. It's everything that we've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we just want to talk a little bit about um, some practical kind of ways that we can actually walk through suffering on earth because it's definitely um, easy to talk about all of these encouragements. But, um, yeah, are there some, like, practical tips you kind of have? Yeah. That's really cool, Lily. I, love, I mean, those verses are just amazing, aren't they? They have encouraged me so much through tough times um, because it's a comparison verse. It's a, it's a compare the suffering with eternity, and it, it's just so wonderful. So, so part of the um, the trick or the the um, the tools that we have is to have that that mindset that understands that there's eternity ahead of us. We only will only ever suffer the loss of things that are not eternal, and eternity is eternal. So. Um, so that's one of the things. And, you know, I think it's lift your eyes. Um, it's it's take your eyes and take them, instead of just having your eyes, and you can actually do it physically too, it's really helpful. Um, but instead of just, yeah, looking down and, and down at the things and, and all of the troubles, actually lift them and do that with your the eyes of your heart and the eyes of your mind and your physical eyes. Lift them up, look up, raise your hands, start praising, start giving glory to God, start worshipping, and you'll notice a shift. The circumstances are still there, but something within you changes and gets stronger so that you can cope. So I think that's a really important um, tool. I think also a couple of other things I'd say, stay in relationship with the God that you can't control. He's the true God. Yeah, and you you might want to control him and get him to change things for you and all that. Stay in relationship with him. Keep walking with him. At the end of the day, he's the one you need. He's the one who's going to hold your hand through it. Don't toss him out because life is tough. Hang in there with God. Um, embrace the fact that you may never know why you suffered. You may never know. Um, and just embrace that. Just, just say, yeah, that's just a fact of life. And at the same time, be emotionally real. So feel it. Um, the Psalms is a wonderful book that pours out, and Lamentations too, but pours out the, the feelings of people who are going through tough times. Feel it. And don't be afraid to feel it. But when you feel it, don't sin. So don't start, you know, um, doing the finger at God. Don't start, you know, like stamping around and, and whatnot. But so in, in those feelings, bring them to God and, um, and, and truly feel them. And recognize that every single good thing in your life 
And there's still, even when you're suffering, there's so many good things, recount them, but recognize that every single good thing is, is a grace to you. It's a gift that's on loan from God. And so it's not yours to hang on to. You may lose it. You know, Job said, we came into the world naked and we leave the world naked. <laughs> so yeah. it's all just, a, it's just on loan. And so if we get to keep it for a while, whether that's our health or our friend or our finances or our whatever it is, our job, we might get to keep it for a while and then we may not have it anymore. It's, it's only ever been on loan anyway. Mm. Yeah. That's so cool. I think um, the main thing that kind of overall like stuck out to me from like, everything that you've just said, it's all been so good, um, was just that, like running away from God isn't gonna make anything better. Like <laughs> situation, like yeah, it might be terrible, but you've still got God, and um, yeah, just turning away from that isn't gonna make the situation easier. Rather, we should like do the opposite and um, let that trial um, force us into a closer relationship with God and rely on Him rather than our own strength when. We can't anymore, so yes. it's really encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. And um, when you talked about, like, practically looking up, that reminded me because this morning I was reading John 17 and it said when Jesus, when Jesus was praying before his crucifixion and he looked up to the sky and that just, yeah. like, we bow our heads when we pray, but Jesus actually <laughs> physically looked upwards towards heaven. Yeah. And I thought that was just such a beautiful picture and the way when you mentioned it just now again, um, yeah, that, it's, that physical motion of just looking up yeah. can be such a big reminder for ourselves as well in the midst of suffering. Um, and that's really cool. As yeah. well as like when you talked about Psalms, um, one Psalm that really helped him was Psalm 88. And it's just a really beautiful Psalm, um, just about, you know, suffering and everything, but God still being in the midst of that and him still being sovereign over yeah. everything. And yeah, it's yeah. just really um, beautiful that we can, run towards God and still yeah. be in relationship with him even though like the world's like crumbling around us there yeah. is still yeah. that hope and that blessed hope that is attached to who God is yeah it has nothing to do with us and who we are um, we don't have to prove ourselves to him or anything but he can um still just hold us and just be in control of our lives no matter what and we can trust that all things work together for good of those who love him so yeah yeah, yeah. that's right that's so right you know, I remember um, I had a time in my life when I had a, um, a sickness and I was sick for about six years with this illness. And a lot of the time it meant that I couldn't even walk around or um, do anything. And, it, and sometimes it was better and sometimes it was worse. But it was a very, very tough six years. And, but the wonderful thing of it was God was there the whole time. I realized after a while that I could still worship him, love him, and enjoy him just as much lying on a couch 24-7 as if I was doing all the things that I think are special and important. And And at the end of the day, it's just um, what you, the verses you quoted before, Lily, about these things are light and temporary in the way of eternity. And it's actually true. Um, I think... Also, having a friend is so important, isn't it? You know, and having a Christian sister or a Christian brother, um, and I don't mean I don't mean your actual brother and sister. I mean your, you know your your God family, right? Um, and Christian mums and dads and aunts and uncles and people in the Christian family, the family of God, 
who you can just have a hug with and get encouraged and pray and and just be there with each other because one day you're doing that for someone and then the next day they're doing that for you and that's mm. called family and that's just brilliant. Yeah. The whole body suffers together and the whole body rejoices together. Yeah. That's just yeah. <laughs> so, good. so exciting that we can have fellowship with each other. Yeah. Even though... We're in lockdown sometimes, but <laughs> get her knowledge with one another and really grow together as the body, um, which kind of leads us to our oh, you covered that question. We we were going to ask you if you had a story to share. Ha-ha. Um, but the next question is, um, as the world we live in, um, we get persecuted and hated as a result of our faith, like. How do we endure this type of suffering? Because the suffering is particularly for God. We can say that. Um, yeah, but how do we deal with that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we, again, we start off by knowing we're promised that it will happen. So there's not too many things that are guaranteed in this life, but um, that's one of them. So as long as we, we sort of, we know that that's part of the cost of following Jesus, it comes with, with following Jesus. Um, I was reading in the book of Acts, um, I'm in the book of Acts reading, you know, each day at the moment. And, you know, there's, the, there's this beautiful, beautiful um, verse in the end of uh, chapter five. And the apostles had just been um, flogged. So they had been whipped and whatnot. So they must have had very broken, bleeding bodies and probably had their flesh hanging off them and whatnot. Um, So an awful situation. And they go out from there, from jail, rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name of Jesus. And then it didn't, yeah. And, And the whole reason they got flogged was because they were preaching Jesus. And it says, straight after that, it says, day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news about Jesus, the Messiah. Isn't that cool? So I reckon one of the things is we fill ourselves up on the word of God. We fill ourselves up with the stories of the apostles and these amazing, beautiful people who've gone ahead of us. They are the heroes of the faith and the pioneers of the faith. We fill ourselves up. We keep on asking Jesus to give us more boldness. So when tough stuff happens, instead of retreating, we pray for our persecutors, we pray for, we love our enemies, we do good to those who persecute us. That's what Jesus has commanded us to do. And we say, fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me boldness, Lord. And and, and that's how we keep on going. We can boast in our suffering. Yeah. That's what they were doing. And they could just rejoice in that, like Paul said, to live as Christ to die is gain. Yeah. Like, wow, just that eternal perspective kind of wraps up that whole, I guess, idea of what meaning of suffering is. It's to glorify Jesus in everything we do. Yeah. All yeah. glory to God. Yeah. Amen. Um, I'm going to pray to end this episode. Okay. Dear Lord Father, I just thank you for this wonderful opportunity that we had had to speak about your word and to really um, just talk about you and who you are and Um, encourage one another in fellowship and I just thank you for Sarah and the wisdom that you've given her and um, what she's been able to speak into our lives just now Lord Um, I just really thank you that in the midst of our suffering you are there and you are sovereign and know that you work all things for the good of those who love you Father Um, 
and we thank you that you loved us so we can love you back father and that is just beautiful and yeah we just rejoice in the fact that all things are ultimately to glorify you and even if we don't understand that we know that you are in control and you have a purpose behind everything father um yeah in jesus name amen 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 thank you so much for tuning in if you enjoyed this episode please review wherever you can and follow us on instagram at homesick pod also don't forget to check out our website where you can submit prayer and topic requests and also read our blog we pray that you found this episode really helpful and uplifting we'll catch you next time i'm sorry to have a good day